0: Hello, you're listening to a spoiler filled film conversation.
1: Hooray!
2: You got the eye of the snake, you've got fucking shit dice, you're going home without any money. It's not that relevant to this film, I don't know why it's really called Snake Eyes. It's got something to do with it being a casino. (laughs) In the film,
0: because first one. First it's said to Nicholas Cage because he's losing the situation and they're like you've rolled snake eyes and then when the situation turns around Nicholas Cage gets to say it back again and this time they really have been fucked and lost. And not crushed by a big metal globe, which is what I thought was gonna happen.
2: So. Yeah we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's Snake Eyes <laughs> Yeah it's Snake Eyes Snake Eyes, damn it. Um, yeah, I'm Richard, hello, with me to do the old chat about a film that we do all the time is Abby, Aww. and Jamie. I have a
1: Nicolas Cage impersonation, but it always just sort of sounds like Elvis having like a
2: manic episode. Which is what Nicolas Cage is really, isn't he?
1: Yeah, especially in Wild at Heart.
2: What does he? What does Nicolas Cage sound like as far as you're concerned?
1: I mean, it's literally just Elvis, but like with a weird, like, energetic buzz going on in the background.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, <yeah. laughs> so, what do you mean?
2: I don't know. He, 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 you know, for for all of his uh, flaws, he puts his heart and soul into everything. <laughs> well, you know, if he's sleepwalking, he's loudly sleepwalking through
1: movies. Uh, I, I will test, there was. There have been a couple of films where I've seen him play things too straight, and it was just dull. Yeah, well... Not though.
2: So. Part of the question you ask yourself when you're about to watch a Nicolas Cage movie is, which Nicolas Cage are you getting? Because I think, Jamie, you've got a theory that there's two types of Nicolas Cage, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's Nicolas Cage, and there's Nick Cage. So, right. Nicolas Cage is the... The more sedate
2: version. Trying to and be a Nick prestigious Cage. actor.
1: Yeah. Nick Cage is fuck it. Um and the usually the best uh example or the best examples, like the best uh, what am I trying to say? Like when it works the best is when you have Nick Cage in a very heavyweight, serious film.
2: Hmm. I don't mind a bit of Nick Cage, the kind of over-the-top zany guy. I mean, like Face Off is quite fun, and Vampire's Kiss is amazing.
1: Maybe because I watched it way too late, like years and years after it came out, but I was disappointed by Face Off. And I think it's because... He starts out as Nick Cage and yeah. becomes Nicholas Cage. Well, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a letdown.
2: Ah, but you must remember that John Travolta is then being Nick Cage. <laughs> Switches yeah, to him. It's not
1: the same. It's not the same. He, he does a decent job, but it's not. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the brain chemistry that uh, Nicholas Cage clearly
2: has.
0: He's just not unhinged.
1: Yeah.
2: So, what would you say would be like a a movie that's really quite good, and he's you know still being full blown Nick Cage?
1: Well, I mentioned uh, Wild at Heart, um, where he is literally doing an Elvis impersonation for the whole film. Yeah, um, and he's directed by David Lynch. Like, it's the perfect confluence of very strange people feeding off each other's unique weirdness. Um, I really don't know why Cage was never cast in any other David Lynch films because it almost he like it almost seems like he's made for it.
2: Um, yeah, there's a few also, people like there's a few people I'd like to see that get him for something. Like, has, has he been in a Tarantino film? Because I feel like he should be. Is there any of them? No, he hasn't. Like, and like, uh, like imagine what Scorsese would do with him. Like, I don't know, but Scorsese likes people to be a little more... A, um, normal, but like uh, you know, like I fucking there are some loud characters in uh, Scorsese's movies and things. Has Robert more, Rodriguez done anything? Like seriously, there's some people who are like, I can't believe you haven't worked with them. A more
1: recent example of him being very intense in a in a film where it works incredibly well is Mandy.
2: Oh yeah, the like uh, revenge-y thing,
1: like, psychedelic horror stoner
2: rock movie. It's I loved it. I don't know if you would.
1: <laughs> it's that it, it's the,
2: the Nick Cage does a lot of shit. He works and works and works, and you don't know if you're going to get straight to DVD garbage that it's borderline tolerable just because he's in it, or if you're going to get miserable, <laughs> like you make why I'm suffering here. Or you might get but like is this is
1: is it Bangkok dangerous? Is he in that's Matt? one of them?
2: This is like yeah. d- drive angry and. I don't know any number of things where he's got oh, slightly the, weird hair and is being like an aggressive dickhole. The
1: second, uh, the second Ghost Rider movie, um. where it, yeah, it's not good, but it is the one where they were like, no, just do whatever you're gonna do.
2: Yeah, but he works. And one time he worked, he worked for Brian Palmer in Snake Eyes, which is what we're discussing this time. Um, for clarity, yeah, I think it
1: it says a lot. The first thing we talked about was Nicolas Cage extensively. (laughs) Couldn't even couldn't
2: contain ourselves. We were already itching to talk about him because he's a phenomenal uh, person. (laughs) Let's say actor. Anyway, Snake Eyes is from 1998. Brian De Palma directed it. The writer with him was David Cop. And it stars uh, Nick Cage, or Nicholas Cage if you prefer, Gary Sinise John Hurd, Carla Gugino, Gino? Gugino Not 100% if I'm saying that right Sten Shaw uh, Tamara Tooney or Tooney or whatever, I can't pronounce anyone's name Kevin Dunn, the bloke who works for Vince McMahon doing the editing and stuff for the director <laughs> of- <laughs> No, I don't think it's that Kevin Dunn um Louise Guzman is in it. Um who else guys have I left anyone important Wait, off?
0: Kevin Dunn was the name of a character.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Dunn the actor is in this as the T V host guy, the news reporter but oh. also the name of Gary
2: Sinise's character. It's Kevin Dunn, yeah. And it's it fucking confusing. Cause,
1: yeah, it caused confusion with uh, booking of like hotel rooms and stuff <laughs> during the production.
2: That's so stupid as well because you can just change the name. Presumably, It's not like historic, This isn't like a factual film yeah, where you have make, to keep the name. Just call him <laughs> something else, like Carl Dunn, and then you're done. And you well, you know, then you're done. Fuck. It's confusing.
1: Apart from Nicolas Cage and Gary Sinise, you could just say the entire cast of this film is oh, it's that guy.
2: Oh, oh him! What's he? What's the guy from bloody Home Alone? Man, what's he? what's he doing? Yeah, um, yeah, but like Snake Eyes is about an assassination attempt happening during, well, the attempt is successful one. An assassination conspiracy during a boxing match that uh, uh, Nick Cage plays a detective who is amply placed right next to the crime <laughs> and then basically takes charge and investigates everything and unfills the conspiracy. It's sort of a noir film. Yeah, uh, I felt
1: like it was a ne- like a neo noir.
2: Yeah. But yeah, it's essentially about a uh, assassination conspiracy to do with politics. But uh, and also an investigation movie, I suppose, of of sorts. But very... with a huge twist that no
1: one could have seen coming. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I when we were watching it, I uh I turned to Abby, she hadn't seen it before, and I went, uh, so where do you think this is going? And what did you say, Abby?
0: That guy's totally getting assassinated,
3: isn't he?
2: Yeah.
0: And then later on, it was like
1: that
2: guy's gonna turn heel isn't he yeah 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 it was like but this guy's gonna die and then it and then it was literally like oh it's probably this guy who did it next scene yeah this guy did it
1: yeah yeah how soon into the film because i hadn't seen this before either and as almost as soon as they introduced gary sinise as nicholas cage's best friend before there was even a thing for him to have done yeah did it yeah, whatever, it. whatever it is that transpires, it's him.
2: He's just got a sinister face, you can't trust him.
1: Yeah, Gary, I feel bad thinking it, but, like, how do you cast Gary Sinise as any sort of... like? He's He just looks evil. Even his name sounds like Gary Sinister. Sinister, yeah. <laughs> like, I,
2: I think is he, he's a sort of good guy in Of Mice and Men. I mean, like, they're the protagonists, and... I mean, he's not—he's not a full, but then he's—he's he's sort of sinister in that him and his his friend Lenny are going about the country, and Lenny's fucking, you know, too dumb to live, basically, and he's a—they're a problem. They're sort of, and they're sort of, they sort of—they get in trouble and have to move from town to town. So he's not purely a nice guy. So
1: I mean, it's just—he's got that Willem Dafoe thing going on of like, even even though Willem Defoe is a versatile actor, it's very hard to not look at his. Like, to look at his face and not think, oh, that's the villain. Because, yeah. like, all he, the angles are going in the right direction for him to just be the evil one.
2: Or just some sort of prick, because he's, he, he's Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump, is he? The guy who's, like, bitter and, mm. like, had his legs uh, amputated and stuff after he's been in the war. And Yeah, he's always, like, oh... <laughs> he's, like... The characters, I suppose.
1: Especially in this, when you put him in like a crisp military suit and have him be like the kind of stiffer one of the two. It's like, oh, well, yeah, because
2: he's, he's the villain. That's a good question. If, never, sorry, go on. I've
0: just, I've never heard anyone refer to it as a crisp military suit. You say uniform, I've never heard anyone say suit.
2: Military suit. I don't know. You're right,
1: and now I'm very confused as to why that's where I went <laughs> 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 instead of uniform.
2: Why, I think also, you know, you hire a security guard for a politician. Why the fuck is he in like full naval, like, I guess it is suit, is it? Because he's not an usual uniform, it's special occasion I mean, no, dress uniform. But he's in like yeah, yeah. a proper, like, smart occasion military uniform. And it's like, wouldn't you? You're a security guard. You shouldn't be like showing off all your fucking special stitching on your jackets and all that stuff, should you? Like you know, look, look, look like a security guard, not some bloke who stepped I mean, off think, a boat.
1: I think because this is a Brian De Palma film, therefore it is a cartoon. You have to kind of dress them in what they. You know how like characters in cartoons wear the same clothes all the time no matter what because it's part of their character that's kind of that in this too
2: like all the all the attractive women have to look extra va-va-voom <laughs> yeah. have to look extra va and like the ginger woman is really ginger and wears really like yeah. uh, you know close to sort of Emphasize how red and showy offy she is, or like, and then the blonde woman has to be extra, like, stand out and like pop from the screen because they're the significant characters. Everything must be underlined and obvious, <laughs> perhaps. Because, Jamie, wasn't this like you? I think on WhatsApp, you were like saying this was a revelation because you always think Brian De Palma makes serious movies, think, but no, yeah, actually, he makes think... Warner Brothers cartoons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this back when we did Raising Cain too, which was one of. Which is yeah, yeah, pick. yeah. Um, it's yeah. For, there's something in my some some early connection was made that I can't undo, where I think of Brian De Palma in the same way that I think of like Martin Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola. Like this idea, like, like it's, it's a you know prestige filmmaking of very like intense. uh Important with the capital I Films and then I watch a Brian De Palma film and I'm like oh no He, he makes like he essentially He essentially does like Sam Raimi Crime dramas <laughs> like I suppose so he kind of makes <laughs> cartoons. Like they're always very And I, I don't mean it in like a bad way No, like, I, When it works for me at least When it works it does work really well This one is a bit of a miss um, But like We'll talk about it but he has Very he's very like stylized, he kind of like you were saying about underlining things. Like he uses a lot of the typical kind of rules of visual storytelling
2: that you know
1: you learn whenever you do like film
2: school well, classes. I think, or whatever. I think the thing is, and he like he's a massive Hitchcock fan, so he's yes. he's like. Learned from the master and wants to make movies like that because Hitchcock knew what he was doing. But also, you know, times change and you have to develop from Hitchcock and make it more subtle as well. You can't, you know, be so obvious. Like, if cinema was newer when he did it, so Brian De Palma needs to go dial it back a bit and it'll work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of his films are like if Hitchcock made Saturday morning cartoons
2: or just if hitchcock lived more in the 70s and 80s and was younger yeah, yeah. but you're right though yeah hitchcock hitchcock's wacky zany animaniacs. And i don't know then
1: like there's there are some shots in this that are extremely hitchcock there's one that sticks out really stuck out in my head it's really it's a really nice um creative and striking shot i kind of wish there was a little bit more of it in this film, but it's the one of uh, uh, Nicholas Cage and um, Paolo Hugino's character, Ju- Julia. Um, they're sitting on the stairs, and it's like a rectangular descending staircase that just sort of spirals down into... It looks like it just goes down into eternity.
2: Yeah. Hmm. There's a few times the corridors in the casino almost go on and on, and they're a, a labyrinth. Uh, in the hotel bits and stuff, and he, you know, there's other shots as well, like the floating up above people and yeah, things lots like that. Of, you
1: know, like, transitioning between rooms without like cutting, but instead going through the wall. And yeah. yeah, the start of the film, which is not actually a continuous shot, but no, it's very well done. It, the... yeah, no, it's great. And I he roped it like he what he wrote like like oh, he rope. yeah yeah except. If Rob had Nicolas Cage in it, in full-on
2: Nicolas Cage mode. But it's also like you know, we will. I mean, we'll get talking about that aspect of the opening in a sec because there's more. It's more than just doing a continuous shot. It's obviously planning a big mm. sweep around. It wants to show you everything and give you loads of uh, viewpoints and show you how, like get loads of extras doing a lot of work. There's a lot to it, and then picking the right moments to have the edit points that can be hidden. And so, there's a lot of work. Well, it's a hell of a fucking ambitious uh, thing to do, uh, and to plan out, and a lot of people to be in charge of. And then, the, you know, knowing that the film is going to repeat some of this action as well in the same locations from different perspective, you know, it's a there's a lot of technical stuff you have to work out and plan, and it's no it's a it's a mean feat some of the aspects of the directing of this. So, I, fair um, play.
1: I liked. I really liked that retelling. Some of the opening scenes from a different perspective, and I really wish that the film had done more of that afterwards, and like pieced together the story by retelling events but from different angles. But it sort of does it once, and then that's also where
2: the film sort of starts to stumble. It's definitely a, a last last act change of what we're doing, and I didn't yeah. care for that as much. But uh, before we get to that, I would do want to check with you guys: Did you? Uh, seen this before i guess abby you go first uh had you seen snake eyes before where were you coming in obviously we've done a department on the podcast before but you've seen a few but like what were you expecting from this
0: well i thought i'd seen it but what i think actually happened is that i'd misremembered parts of bad return of new orleans
2: yeah i mean he's essentially a douchebag slimy cop in that as well isn't he with terrible behavior so <laughs> Yeah, no, I quite like I quite like that one. Um this I mean I like this as well. There's elements there's elements to this one I really love and there's bits where I'm like, oh, he's sort of losing me. But um so you thought you'd seen it, but it's more you'd seen this sort of thing before. Mm. Um so it wasn't uh but you know, what did you
0: Well, I knew what to expect. As soon as you see the picture of what Nick Cage is wearing You know
3: what
2: you're going to get. (laughs) Well, from the poster, in some cases, the so the poster, depending on what version you look at, uh, you know, it's the cage looking up at you, with a horrible shirt and suit on. And I thought there's some like black pattern in the background on most of them. I thought he had a really creepy bullet before I'd seen the film. I saw it like the DVD in like a rack or whatever, and I went, "Oh, look, he has a skullet thing going on." And then when I put the film on, I just. Yeah, but worse. Like, It like, it just looks like he's got frizzy hair behind his head. And he doesn't. It's just silly background rubbish on the poster. So I was super disappointed. It was like, oh, Nick Cage with his usual hair. You know, like a certain era. There you go. Yeah, that's, you know, just what he looks like. So I was let down slightly. It might have put me off watching it sooner, actually. He's so you know, oh, I can't look at
3: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I don't know. I had, I had seen it before now. Um... I think I was just trying out some of the lesser-known Department movies because Scarface and Kalito's Way are some of my favourite films and I think they're cartoony and loud, but they actually get it right They don't feel silly They they feel like, oh, these are exuberant characters uh, in a, you know, cool piece of cinema, rather than like I would a,
1: disagree about Scarface not feeling silly <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but holy shit it's an absurd film
2: well, you know, he didn't actually get those scars eating pussy. If he'd have done that, it would have been like what? It, it is a bit like if Daffy Duck was a crime lord, isn't it? Like yeah, Scarface
1: cartoons. He j- he just makes live action cartoons disguised as like uh, dramas.
2: Yeah, maybe it's because it's underpinned with being a Shakespeare, so it's got gravitas. <laughs> no, there's no gravitas to Scarface. It's just loud and fun and enjoyable, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I was exploring some of the other stuff he's done, and I was like, "Oh, this is a fucking weird one." And I and I think the thing that impressed me most is the the opening. Like, it's quite an elaborate uh, concept to try and pull off. And for a good while, it's running with this i uh, this sort of exploring the whole arena of a boxing match as it's happening, detective yeah. noir thing. It was really like, "Oh, I'm into this," and then it was it. It was mainly let down by becoming a. Cheesy action movie at the end, rather than uh, ending like noir, sort of sat- like f- figuring out what happened, but not stopping it. <laughs> it's usually how noirs cool, yeah. where It's like, oh, we know who killed everyone. <laughs> he he, he's dead. But well, we tried. Anyway, it's... um, yeah, it's
1: hard to pinpoint where exactly it starts to kind of
2: unravel. I think it's 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 as it's going. There are elements that are like, well, I think it's maybe the bad guys just killing everyone, and the, the, a lot of the people who are helping in the conspiracy are non-characters and are easily disposed of. And and the the plan is quite mad anyway. Um, and then yeah, it becomes when very it,
1: when you when you
2: yeah, it's convoluted. And also, the film is trying to say, look, there's a storm coming, and that's going to pay off. And it's like, oh, it wasn't that important.
1: Uh, <laughs> like... Apparently that was originally supposed to be how it ended, was that the storm would um, cause a huge wave to crash through the casino. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean ended they were up, like, rewriting it, but you can tell it was, re- like, the way it wraps up doesn't fit. With other stuff?
2: It just feels pointless and cheap. But we'll get there. Um, Jamie, had you you'd not seen this, right?
1: No, I I always get this mixed up with 8mm. What is there, everyone also, everyone
2: doesn't quite know what this film is, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel that's also true of 8mm. And they came out around the same time. And they have sort of similar posters. Because Nicolas Cage is looking at you. Either directly or through something.
2: Um... Yeah, I've seen Eight that. I think it's like he's the one investigating the sort of porn snuff film or something. Yeah, conspiracy yeah. thing, cover up. Or... Um,
1: but they they came out like one year after the other. Like this was first, and then Eight Millimeter came out. Um, and I haven't seen either of them. But they. It, you it haven't seen just this just... film? See
2: Snake well, Eyes, mate. Nah.
1: But like, ugh, I should have done that thing you did on the mystery episode a long time ago, where you managed to. <laughs> Get through the entire thing and then reveal at the end that you didn't watch the film. Not on purpose.
2: Just about, just didn't have time or whatever it was. Yeah. I
1: was, I know, but he's so good. Me and Anthony <laughs> just went through the whole thing and did not realise. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah. It's and it's part of like there were a lot of Nicolas Cage films in the nineties in particular, and like it was it was people like casting him to try and make him a thing in different ways like everyone had a different idea of what kind of actor nicholas cage is yeah um i think this type of role is the, like brian de palmer i think is someone who really does understand what he
2: is good at and how to use him yeah like eccentric like, eccentric loud people you know, but... Yeah, charismatic and kind and... of
1: scummy, but yeah, but... He's, he's really good at that kind of character. Whereas, like, something like Con Air, part of why Con Air is fun is because it's fucking absurd that he is who he is in that film.
2: <laughs> no, it's like <laughs> it's like an actual... We're in a comedy. This isn't, Broadway like... What is not like yeah.
1: Um yeah.
2: And The Rock, as well, has that, like... This is insane. I love it. <laughs> like, vibes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think The Rock is a little bit m-
2: a bit more Actually, of an action straight, straight action movie. It's not as, it's not just so deliberately hokey. He's almost more straight in that, but like,
1: he's also not buff as fucking the rock like he is in, um like is in Conner, which is so it's so weird to see like a, a action figure body with Nicholas Cage's head on it.
2: <laughs> and then that horrible hair on top of that, and the accent—it's oh amazing. God.
1: The hair—he hes one of those guys who. He had a receding hairline fairly early, but insisted on growing his hair long, no matter
2: what. <laughs> it's really sad now that he's a bit older. The times where he's going with a more—if re- it's not like his hair, it's a realistic, you know, like balding. But but like it's just—he's made some real like fuck really, Nick. You think this just because you're wearing a long black coat and have that hair doesn't mean you look <laughs> you look awful? You look mad. But I don't know. There's all this. Balding actors are always a bit weird with their choices, aren't they? You can't they're not all like right shave it off. I'm Bruce Willis, yeah. take me seriously.
1: I will I will yeah, I'll give it to Bruce Willis for just biting the bullet and turning his head into what looks like a bullet. <laughs> um, even though all Bruce Willis is usually a good indicator of the film's not going to be very good.
2: I, I, it's always fun when Bruce Willis gets to wear a wig, like they have to de-age him or have him for some reason wear a wig, and they're like, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this film, uh, I, I, never, I, didn't, I don't think I appreciated what Nicolas Cage was in this, because his character is Rick something, what was it? Detective Rick... Um, Santoro. Santoro, right. And he is in this, uh, like, just horrible suit shirt combo. It's like, what is it? Like, snakeskin, yellow shirt. Yeah. Or flower. I think it might be flowers, not snakeskin. Like, you no, know, I think it's. I think it is snakeskin.
1: I mean, it's, it's a horrible, a horrible skin, pattern.
2: Yeah. Loud and, and disgusting. He's got, like, a kind of brownie gold suit with gold lining. And he's a big loud mouthed. Basically, he's it's weird because he's a detective, but it seems like he's the venue runner of this. Um, it's like basically set in I uh, I don't know, like the venue next to a casino, like where they put on boxing matches. What is that? Like a arena? I don't know. It's an arena, right? I think it's I... a venue in yeah, in Atlantic it's, it's City. All in,
1: it's all in one, I think. Yeah.
2: But it's it's like it's it's basically they just it's set in a boxing uh, arena, well, it's in an arena in Atlantic City, next to a casino, a hotel scenario, and he seems like he runs the whole place. He wanders around. Th- like, uh, you know, patting people on the back, saying stuff, catching up with everyone, being pumped and excited about the boxing, uh, wheeling and dealing, and and trying to catch crooks and things and get money and make bets and hobnobbing. So he's going around this place like he's the fucking king, you know, like he runs the town and in the place. But it's like he's a detective and presumably uh, corrupt enough to be powerful in some small way. But I, I like it felt like he, so he's the boss of the place. He's not. No no one, no one. there's no one who runs the place stopping him doing anything because he's the police but there's also no person actually running the place, I didn't quite understand that do you guys uh, get <laughs> what his role is in this? Because he's just watching the boxing, right? He's
1: just a loud mouth
2: corrupt cop <laughs> like, that's... He's taken charge because he wants to
1: Oh, he wants to be the mayor Yeah, but he's not the mayor <laughs> I mean, no, he's he, but he wants to run for mayor at some point. So he's because that's when he um I think the first time you see him, the first time you're introduced to him in the audience is when he invades uh the... Kevin Dunn, actor Kevin Dunn, not character Kevin Dunn. Um his uh like he's reporting on the uh boxing match and he's like uh oh, look at me, I'm on TV. And like... Just, <laughs> yeah. like he, he comes, like, comes fucking teeth first into the shot and yeah. immediately lets you know what kind of Nicolas Cage he's going to be what kind of Nick Cage he's going to be in this
2: film the character is very like well I want to be on TV at least i got to be famous he's like sh- sh- uh, he's like chasing stardom while being this corrupt cop but it seems like he's just allowed to do it all oh we don't need to cut to something else this is live we've got some obnoxious man shouting on TV you now <laughs> Like it seem he seemed bulletproof. he was bulletproof. He even told the FBI to fuck themselves when they wanted to investigate the assassination. And he doesn't do seem want- to be in charge of anything. he doesn't spend his time liaising with other detectives. Or, no one really stopped him the whole movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do kind of like how it it does um like through his performance, I like how it establishes the way he um takes charge of a situation is just by shouting at people until they give up and go away. <laughs> Which to be fair, if this type of Nick Cage character with this demeanour and volume was doing it, you'd probably do the same thing. You'd just be alright, well whatever, suppose, I'll, I'll yeah. make myself busy
2: somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like when he's
1: as loud as he is and his shirt is as loud as it is, like
2: Yeah you can't, you can't, you can't compete with that level of noise. You just want to step away. You go, oh, enough. Yeah, and everyone, loads of people run or try and get away from him, or you know, whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
2: Howie, what did you make of uh, this guy, this detective character that we're dealing with the whole film?
0: There's this weird sort of sensation I get internally, where I, I feel like it's like when that person sits behind you on the train and they're doing something you don't like but you're not going to say anything about it but you are sort of going to flicker internally just
3: with <laughs> it's,
0: it's not even quite frustration because you know it's just everything is as it should be you're not supposed to do anything but you are still going to just feel wrong about the whole
2: thing. Like you're eavesdropping I, on a conversation and it's like, I hate this, but also I'm, so, I'm drawn into what this man's I life is like. I am not listen. This is I, fascinating. Um, I can't believe he's such a car wreck.
1: I thought, I thought you were going to go a different direction with that when you mentioned being on a train because it kind of makes me think of being on a fairly empty train carriage and then someone comes on who's fucking hammered and talking to everyone. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I see. This guy's on here now. This is the rest of the journey. Yeah,
2: he's like a he is like a dr- drunken gab he's like a gabby, talkative, like drunk bloke who's like, Yeah, mate, fucking boxing and oh, I am going to get I got money and tits and fucking Woo It's <laughs> like <laughs> I'm a Tommy policeman, person. I got a gold phone, hey
1: The wrong person sits at your table suddenly in a pub and he's hammered and talking at you really loud. And yeah, you're just trying to agree with everything he says, so he just Go away. And goes away. Yeah, and you're waiting for him to say something really racist or really weird the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is a bit like that. This character, we'll see. Um, but like the goings on is essentially we, you know, it's a good walk around the arena with Cage. He's sort of meeting all the main players of the piece. Interacting and showing his relationship with them, whether it's the anchor guy who's desperate for like money and fame and wants to be given work or put bets on. There's a lot of putting bets on really fucking late in this film. <laughs> like, like there's a lot of like, um, just apparently you can put a bet on just by going to someone who's a known Lord shark and saying, oh, like 500 on blur. And it's like, what, well, that's a bet, is it? How do we prove is, that that's. This is one of those.
1: This is one of those situations because, like, I, I, th- and I feel like this might be a generational thing. Like, it's, I think a, a certain type of millennial does not understand gambling whatsoever. <laughs> you just it on your no phone. Idea.
2: You just get an app on your phone and go right bet, and then yeah. when it when it when it <laughs> says it's done, it's done. There's no. I mean, we don't have loan sharking in Britain, so I've never understood the uh, the legality <laughs> but, and and like you know. Sort of
1: what a payday loan is, but like. Um because I don't understand how gambling works, I will see gambling in a film like this and just be like, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. I I like I have no frame of reference for this. It's like when people play cards, there's something in my brain that like card card games to me, anything beyond like snap uh. is like math. And like my brain just fucking short circuits if I try and like I could never play poker.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm all in, in. <laughs> but you you couldn't possibly have a hand that works. I am all <laughs> in.
1: <laughs> go
2: fish. Yeah.
1: Um, so I just sort of take Whatever. everything
2: like that at
1: face value in in films.
2: Sure, I mean there's a, there is an element as well of like. People who have bet a lot and are dubious characters, you know, they just, they know what's going on. We don't need, you know, it's not legitimate, it doesn't matter, whatever. The the point is, sleazy betting is happening. I also, I don't understand it in films where a big crowd of people are gathered around a fight or like a cock, any type of fight, a cockfight, under. Ground boxing match, dogfight, and everyone just passes money about to one guy, and everyone they somehow know who owes what. You go, there's no way you've tracked all this shit. (laughs) Like I don't, like how can we all just hand money about and know what's happening? Maybe it is just something you need to know, and when when you're a proper addict or whatever. But um, yeah. Anyway, like, what's he up to? Nick Cage is meeting people. He's got a gold phone, which he's yammering on from time to time flip phone as well. Classy. I mean, how do you even get a... Like, now you get like a case, whatever you want. Have a whatever, you know, have fucking whatever, like a endless unicorn mirage or a fucking, I don't know, Banksy printed out on your phone. You can have anything on a case now. But back then, it's like, how the fuck do you get your, your case to be... If I was a flip phone, you don't customise a flip phone, do you? But yet, it's gold. So weird. Like, I... Was that a thing back in the day? I guess everything was a thing. You can get a hold of anything if you really want it, right? Just seemed odd yeah, well, to me, that era.
1: A rich, corrupt cop then,
2: yeah. I only accept calls from like prostitutes and my mum. So I need a gold phone, thanks. Um Were you or Nicolas Cage? Nick Cage. I don't accept phone calls from my mum, mate. Fuck right off. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, but he like he the main thing he does is he goes around and meets everyone. He says hello to the announcer guy, he meets his friend the naval security guard for a politician who's about to be murdered. And I think the key people he meets he meets his uh loan guy puts bets on. and yeah, and that's a perpetrator, a drug dealer or something, isn't he, right?
1: No, he's doing cocaine or something with sure a bunch of, of he's in a room with yeah.
2: the boxer's entourage, like chatting up women at a bar. And then he quickly hightails it away when Nick Cage is like, Hey, I'm gonna chase you now and like so he you know, he's he's he shakes down that guy he like, chases a guy, you know, he chases him down some steps and laughs at him and beats him up enough to get some bloody money off of him. And it, he also says a quick, oh, he starts cheering the boxer who the fight is predominantly advertised for. Like, the champ is... I can't remember what the boxing character's name It's like some... Uh, um, Tyler. Tyler, yeah, he shouts that a lot, doesn't he?
1: Who, like, where am I recognising the actor from? Because there's something really familiar about the guy who plays Tyler.
2: Well, I don't know how I'm meant to go into your mind and tell you what films you've seen. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, help me. <laughs> uh,
2: he's in Rocky. He's in Monster Squad, he's in Fried Green Tomatoes, he's in Harlem Nights, which we've done on the podcast. Um, I don't know. What have you seen, Jimmy? Who's he in Rocky? I don't uh, realise. I don't know, this is, what, this is one of the
1: things with this film. It's so full of people who are like, where do I know them from? Well, you know. I would mean, be sad
0: if it's Cutthroat Island.
2: Oh. <laughs> no,
1: you all you all rejected that. I'm gonna keep trying.
2: Uh, he looks like a boxer though. He's like got a you know massive face and okay big body. This,
1: actually, before I forget, this is something that I wanted to address. Like we may as well just talk about it right now. So him and the other boxer, the fucking dickhead who's putting uh, he's putting the ring. Yeah. Um, they are both like they're both big men. And, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're in shape in that way that, like, like really wide men are, where, like, there's a spongy layer, but you can also still see the muscle underneath.
3: Hmm. Kind
1: of m- mid-90s big wrestler shape. Sure. But why are they wearing their boxing shorts so high?
2: They're old men. <laughs> like,
0: that was they're... the style of the time. Do you not
2: remember? Big old colourful trunks of the 90s.
1: They surely didn't pull them up to their nips
2: like they. I think I think I think quite long armed big boxers like that thing where you pull the you pull the waistlet up so that your arms look even longer that your reach looks like you could reach across the ring and knock someone out to emphasize your gorilla arms. It
1: made them look like sprite characters from like Final Fight
2: or Streets of Rage. (laughs)
1: Like, they looked like arcade games.
2: Let's get boxes. ready to uh, Well, that's not a bad thing in a cartoon movie. So. That's also Yeah,
1: actually, that is also true. Maybe it was just because this is a live-action cartoon. <laughs>
2: yeah, so it's Tyler's the champ, and Nick's, uh, or I should say Rick, is uh, happy to see him and cheering him on like a big douchebag. He's, he's really... Like, everyone else is behaving like, oh, yeah, we're in an arena, we're here to see this, we're glad. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, but I'm pumped, it's fucking WrestleMania, woo! And he's like, he interrupts the uh, dialogue that he's having, which is essentially setting up all the characters in the scenario with intermittent excitement and cheering and, like, either getting on the phone and being annoyed that he's being interrupted and settling things. I don't know, he talks to his, like, I don't know if it's his wife or ex-wife or...
1: Who um, cool. does he talks to? Food people, wife, right? Because he talks to his girlfriend, and ah, then he yeah. talks to his wife and his son. Because um, Gary Sinise talks about, like, talks about his wife and is like, does Does she know about Mo- Monique? Is the girlfriend? I can't remember what the wife's name was. Um, Like you never meet them; they're both Mm. like just like voiceless characters over the phone. But yeah, people um, things to
2: tell us: Nick Cage is a prick in this.
1: Yeah, he's having an affair. He 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 seemingly has had multiple affairs. He chats up a Um, ring
2: girl as part of his like wandering around the arena. Like this, the lady holds up round seven. He sort of gives her his number.
1: Have a good relationship with his son. Um... And it, it, you get the impression that, like, him and his wife just sort of tolerate each other.
2: Yeah, but um, that's all just colour behind who Nick Cage is. He's not, well, like...
1: this... Okay, so this actually is... One of the problems I have with the film is that this stuff that does add to his character to, to give it that kind of flavour of... The guy is a scumbag. And, I, like, ultimately, he's a scumbag who does the right thing. Yeah. But, I really don't like the payoff of all of this setup at the very end. I mean,
2: we'll get there, but like... I don't know, if, yeah. if it's if it's what I'm... If it's what I think you're referring to, I kind of like the fact, like, I guess we could mention it, like, he is a prick, he investigates this thing, he eventually does the right thing, and, you know, doesn't become... doesn't let his corruption and stand in the way of justice and his friend and all this shit. And at the end, he is a hero and runs for mayor, but is still corrupt and fucks up and get, has to go to jail for not being a very good... Like, he basically continues to be a fuck-up and corrupt after he's a hero cop.
1: I like I like that in a vacuum. I just... it It doesn't with this
2: film, like it's. What all, do you? This like, is like a film of redemption. You think?
1: No, but this is like this film is a lot more simple than that. Like it's, it's almost like that ending. Was too subtle for to, this movie. Well, an attempt to retroactively add, add some substance to it. I don't know, Abby. What um, did you
2: make? Me and you were like, oh yeah, like we were like pretty positive the fact that he stayed a prick <laughs> even after he should have not. We should have learnt a lesson. What do you think, Abby?
0: I um, I wasn't too bad with that per se. I was ready to roll my eyes to death when he kisses the woman at the end. I was like, really?
2: Yeah, yeah you
1: really bonded yeah. through this movie. Mm. <laughs> also, Locking her away 25? and then 25? leaving her there.
2: 35 and she's 26, is it?
1: Yeah, but... Fucking 35? No way. <laughs> I oh. see what
2: you mean. <laughs> yeah, well... So, uh, we... I don't know, maybe we come back to it at the end but I I liked that he was constantly being shown to be a douchebag and then his approach to the detective his, as a detective investigating this he's sort of crap as well because he is like, well I'm basically involved in this crime because I got blood on me from the assassination but I'm still in charge I'm going to get fucking exposure, like he's about chasing it in, in terms of fame but he's taking it seriously enough like and he's 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 got the chops to know where to investigate at the right time. So he's a combination of a guy who can actually, you know, know what to do to find out what the pertinent information is. But he's also not doing it because he's a hero and wants to save the day for it to stop criminals. He just wants the glory a little bit.
1: Yeah, I like I like this idea. I mean, I I like films where you have a fairly unlikable protagonist. I don't know if it's just because I I find being an unlikable person, very relatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like um, he is a he he clearly has the instinct to be a detective, but doesn't actually have any of the methods. So like the instinct is there, but the way he uses it is to just shout it at people and barge his way into things. He's kind of a good detective in the way that James Bond is a spy. Yeah. Whereas like he just walks around telling people his name and shooting everyone.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> What, all the bad guys are dead and we saved the day, yeah. sort of? Yeah, you collateral damage, who cares?
1: Yeah, you technically didn't do any spying, but you still kind of got the actual job done, I suppose.
2: Yeah, like so Nick Cage in this, like, uh, a politician is shot, and you know, he didn't save him, but that's the crime. A woman is shot in the arm, and then a lot of the people who committed the crime are murdered while he's investigating... And a lot of the arena is smashed in. Um, What else? A lot of people in the arena are all traumatised and trapped there because they've shut all the doors to keep them in. Uh, So it's it's a hell of a fucking mess. But, I mean, I guess you got the guy at the end. I mean, it could have gone better. (laughs) But that is the way of action movies, isn't it? A lot of people have to die for it to be exciting.
1: The thing is, and I think this is the the problem ultimately i had with the film is like it it doesn't it shouldn't be an action movie and for a a lot of it it isn't like it's i really like you know you have this intro with this really long um well this i guess full
2: continuous shot thing
1: tracking shot yeah but it's a, it, it does a very good job of setting up not only Nicolas Cage, but, like, all the people he knows around the arena who will yeah. end up being key players later on. Yeah. I like the fact that it, you know, you see it all from his angle and you see it as an interesting... Because the way it reveals he's a detective is fairly... Like, it's a while into him doing all of this stuff.
2: When yeah, he basically. Badge. Yeah, but yeah, that's it, yeah.
1: And you're like, oh, he, okay. And for a minute, I was like, is the badge fake? Like, yeah. Is, that what, is he a con man a or con something? Bad? Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, he's a detective. He's just also a yeah. um And I, I like the way it introduces Gary Sinch and their relationship and.
2: It's all dialogue and banter, but it's all going to pay off. We don't know why yeah, we're focusing th- on it, and and, it, and it's done in that way where, okay, we're following around in what seems like a continuous shot, it's incredibly, so many extras, a huge crowd, certain key moments, certain key things have to happen at key moments, because they're going to be in the next perspective, and, you know, uh, the boxing match is happening, an assassination attempt happens, the, th- the fight's being thrown, Certain people are moving behind the scenes to certain other places so they can pay off. So there's a lot to keep mm-hmm. keep tabs on. I mean, you know, he, Brian De Palma sat down and planned this out. It's not like a miracle. But yeah. he's planned it in such a way that he knows how to do each shot. And I like the way that when attention is drawn to something else, you can get a good opportunity to do a, a cut. Is to like swoosh across and see someone's perspective. And there you go, oh, well, you could end the scene there and do some more takes. You know, and it's it, it, but it's pieced together really well. You kind of, if you're not thinking about it, it's quite seamless. The, the tracking around the whole place, and you go, there's always extras moving in front, behind, almost to the point yeah. where, like at the end of the film, I was like, this fucking building site. There's loads of people. Some are in hard hats, some are not. Abby, I think you put it out, they're just what each one of these builders is taking one small plank each across. <laughs> like, what did you do? You find it weird sometimes the extra work was like a bit sus.
0: it it was it was only because they decided to really pay attention to it under the end titles and because you look at that you're like only half of these guys are wearing hard hats even though that guy is really adamantly saying they should wear hard hats some of them are carrying one plank that guy's crossed over the scene three times and he still hasn't done
2: There's a lot of people b- doing busy work. It's the most busy building site I've ever seen where so many people are doing di- different dro- jobs. Usually a building site is one person's doing the hard work and everyone's standing around watching them. <laughs> like, that's how I remember buildings. But it's just this... And I think, it, you know, there's loads of extras and, there, and I think half of them are telling little stories that are silent and in the background you can just watch them instead. So, I mean, but it's a huge fucking piece of... You know, filmic yeah. directing that that it's it's a, it's a chore, and I think it pays off. This first chunk is so elaborate that I respect it for like getting all that done and setting up as much as it does. So there's a lot to like about it.
1: Then having all of that happen leading up to that, like the shooting, and then the, the investigation starts and then retelling some of it because he goes and interviews the what, interviews he goes and harasses the boxer into mm-hmm. questioning him. Um, yeah, I like the the, he... the, the
2: prick where he does it is like I want your fucking autograph but also I'm yeah. a cop so you all have to let me in and he's telling the lawyer to like do one and he but he's always trying to be chummy and sign my autograph for my kid and forcing him. And basically he just badges him into the boxer being like everyone's got to get out. The police guy wants to talk to me and I'm I can get you to our leave, so you are leaving instead of him, and I'll confess everything. I feel like now. thanks.
1: Because yeah, that he he saw that the fight was fixed in looking over the footage and like and to like. But well, he he had a and whenever
2: it... he had a he had a moment like it wasn't that so much. It was well, it was that like Nick Cage is at ringside, and then when the gun is shot is fired at the politician and kills him, he is A, next to the politician, but also he makes eye contact with the tyler yeah. and tyler looks up and is shocked and should be knocked, knocked out. out yeah and then that means he can investigate to see if he was right or not and then see the footage but yeah it is he's more than aware that the fight was thrown but it's not his priority because there's been an assassination attempt it's a very yeah. you know complicated situation he's sort of negotiating as a detective isn't he but
1: it it retold it from the boxer's perspective from first, I mean, like pe- know, peep
2: show style as well, where it's, the camera is his eyes actually.
1: I, I don't know if it was just me, but whenever it was doing the POV shot, and he opened the door, and he was wearing a boxing glove.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it that was, was so silly. Like boxing, when he was when he was like, peeping like, in on the room, it looked so fucking stupid. Why
1: was he wearing gloves then?
2: And also, like uh, again, cartoon. Yeah, he has and, to be wearing gloves because he's a boxer. Yeah, exactly. That helps us. That helps us know. Uh, but it was like there's a moment where I think I don't know if he punches the wall in frustration. We come. He yeah. looks in the mirror, and we sort of look in the mirror with him, and we see him. And then the camera parts. We become like this floating ghost. Like one minute we are the guy, and the next he's separate from us. So we're just this disembodied witness. Then, like we follow the scene then from a more reasonable perspective of looking at the boxer as well as he. Uh, basically is in a situation where I don't know it's a, actually, what, Abby what do you make of this concept Where we're going to make you Throw a fight but the way we're going to do it Is a guy in the crowd will yell And that's when you throw the fight What did you make of this suspicious way To rig a boxing match Well First of all
0: Has Whoever, whoever made that decision, that that was the thing, have they ever been in a large crowd of people? Yeah. <laughs> do, do they know how rowdy they are?
2: And I'm, I'm boxing. I'm going to box this guy and just keep one, uh, one year open for yeah, someone shouting. It's not,
1: uh, it's not a situation where you can sort of observe anything other than the
2: person you're in the ring with. I don't think...
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I also... Part of it was there's a a woman he didn't know was going to contact him. was like, how do you, you you have to meet the people who want to set up the crime, don't you? I don't know. What did you? It is
1: very elaborate.
2: Was there an element of plausibility to this that you weren't behind Abby, or were you just going with the flow and enjoying the loudness or whatever?
0: It was needlessly complicated. Like the individual parts where it's like you get a boxer to throw a fight so that everyone's distracted and they're not looking over there. Fine. But, like, you didn't actually need uh, the woman with the glasses trying to give him the evidence that the weapons programme was broken. You didn't actually need any of that. They could just be trying to kill that guy because they want to kill that guy.
1: Why not have it that he's already been told? Yeah. And that's why. Like why are they waiting for them why are they waiting for this weird like confluence of events that hopefully go off exactly how they're expecting?
2: (laughs) And, And then they subtly don't in that they don't kill the woman they're also hoping to kill. It's just literally can we not kill this politician in a simpler way, like in his house or something? Like, we have to... Because it's like, okay... Because, yeah, essentially the plan is we'll pay a boxer to... We'll pay the champion to throw the fight, even though he'd probably be reluctant. I don't know, what was the... I can't remember how they coax him to do it. That's
1: a... God... No, yeah, you're right. That's another point, is that, like... Yeah, he may also just not go for it. I think it's that he's in a lot of debt because he's got a gambling
2: addiction. That's it, yeah. And so... Anyway, you've convinced the boxer he's going to throw the fight. You have to rely on him. Like that's all. That's like enough for a plot of many movies. <laughs> Will the boxer yeah. throw the fight or not? And so he's going to throw the fight. That he has to throw it in a way that goes slightly wrong. Anyway, is to distract people into standing up for some reason so he can make the shot. A sniper has to execute a politician in a crowd. I mean, if he just doesn't turn up. You're fucked. It's not like also, Link, it's not like Lincoln in the theater where some prick just shoots him. There's a there's also, a comp, the, the actors yeah, have to do the right thing and you know
1: the sniper that they hired is someone who doesn't know they're going to be killed as part of the plan either.
2: Yeah, there's a bit of a so, joke doing a heist in the Dark Knight. So I'm gonna kill everyone who's helped yeah. me. So yeah, like it's, it's okay. Boxer throws a fight. We sh- a, a sniper will execute. um... Will execute a, a politician. The character's name is. Yeah, it doesn't. But the the, the security guard who's perpetrating Kirkland. it, right? What's his name? Birkland? Kirkland.
1: Kirkland.
2: Kirkland. Charles
1: Kirkland is the character.
2: Right. Who but gets like, killed. So he he's gonna get shot. But we're also. Going to get his security guard who's in on it. Once you're the security guard for the guy you're trying to kill, sure should be a lot easier. I mean, you will look like the suspect if it's too, obviously. You're the only one who has access. But it's like, okay, I'll talk to my friend, the cop. I'll distract myself pretending to investigate a woman who's suspicious. I'll make sure... Uh, where are all the conspirators? We'll all go up to the sniper position and be distracted while the politician's killed. We'll also hopefully have lured in a woman who wants to talk to a guy. It's like, okay we want to get lure a woman in while a boxing match is being thrown to talk to a politician we'll shoot the politician and her we'll kill the sniper guy at the same time afterwards after he succeeded and we'll i don't know sneak away into the night and put well, in I mean, put yeah, in place all of our military planted, plans
1: yeah he planted the letter on the sniper that was some like so he's some kind of like radical terrorist or something yeah and then, like the whole thing is like okay so you've got all of this planned out as long as a single thing doesn't go wrong <laughs> we massively elaborate plan
2: we can make sure the politicians sign off on a dubious uh, missile defense scheme because i feel bad cuz i was in the navy and people will die you no know what I... would
1: have worked is bribing the politicians. I was gonna say,
2: just pay a lobbyist. <laughs> politicians are easily like, corrupted. Just, I yeah. just pay him. Like you've you've paid all these other people all this money to do what you want.
1: You offered Nicolas Cage a million dollars to give him the location of the girl towards the end. Just, you clearly have done that pay sooner. Yeah. Just phone, yeah.
2: phone up the politician and make a threatening like, hey, if you don't fucking change who you vote for, I'll kill you. And then you know, like they be, they be, might be a bit like, scared. I don't know.
3: The
0: most unbelievable thing for me was that
2: that guy with the fucking skullet was military trained. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's he's deep undercover as a when they all put caps on and look like. Weird. like the it was the 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 ginger like uh oh I've been distracted by a broad, uh, like you know the the guy the guy also on the fly has to come like he did, I don't know if he doesn't know Nick Cage he's gonna be there so the security guy's friends with this corrupt cop who, who turns up and watches the boxing near him and so he has to have a whole oh I'm in so much trouble like you wouldn't have anyone to talk to originally so now you have to come up with a lot of old shit about. Uh, like, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. What am I gonna do? And like, Nick Cage is like, don't worry, we'll just lie, we'll cover up your incompetence, and we'll make. I know how to make you sound like you're gonna get away with it. I don't know. It was like, do we need this as well? That Again, the guy's friends with him.
1: Another, it's another element of the plan. Of like, I will also don't worry about my notoriously corrupt friend. He will absolutely do everything I expect him to do and not deviate whatsoever. Yeah. What <laughs> my plan is that he doesn't know about.
2: He's famously chatty, but he definitely won't keep me for an extra minute at ringside while no. I need to execute my incredibly elaborate terrorist plan. To... And it's literally just, we want a military thing signed off. It probably would just be signed off. All you need is, like, just, oh, book another. It's just. Book another meeting with some military people to convince him it is working fine. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, she, the Carla Gugino's character, has data showing that the weapons test that they did failed. So the by a little positive bit. Results, they're giving Kirkland a doctor to make it look like it was a success, and she's going to tell him at this boxing match for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the because she's been sending him letters. First of all, he would ignore those letters. He wouldn't Secondly, ca- he, he he'd,
2: he'd be told that, it, that information and wouldn't care if he was a politician.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, but I'm going to make out like a bandit. So who gives a shit? Yeah, I'm getting
2: I'm getting paid to vote for whatever. Which whoever's got the most <laughs> money will get what they fucking want. you that's how that works. Absolute waste of time. That's the biggest piece of fiction. Not all the fucking other but aspects. Like, that,
1: like, all of this elaborate stuff is set up, and then, like, it. Whenever it, and this is where this is where I started to have a problem because I can, I can be okay with all of that and how like ridiculously elaborate that is. Well, it's fun to watch it, it and it's fun to
2: watch it yeah, all be uncovered, isn't it?
1: And that's what that's what I'm. That's exactly where I was going. Is like because the setup is all so elaborate then seeing it be unpicked from different angles like they do with the way the boxer tells the story and a little bit with Gary Sinise's character whenever he talks about uh like where he went when he was distracted and then it plays out differently like the different yeah his perspective I, uh... it, the
2: lie is played out for us to see yes. as well isn't it that's good and
1: if it had been if, if the film had stuck with that so that the conclusion was uncovered just by doing these like different takes on this same event over and over again, where you see slightly different elements each time, and then that's where it comes together at the end. Yeah, I would have been a lot more on board with it. There's a there is a point where I think it's John Hurd's character uh who is working with Gary Sinise in all of this because he wants money for whatever. Because he's a baddie politician.
2: Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a corporation. He's the he's the guy who wants to sell the stuff, or he's some businessman. It's important. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's all it's all vague money business. Stuff.
2: He he's he basically but, um, has a scene where he dumps all the explanation. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in it like he but, he goes, but, but, "But what but oh no, it's going to go wrong. If it goes wrong, all of the thing, all of the plan that I'll now say out loud to a character who already knows it <laughs> will go wrong."
1: It's in I think it's in that scene where he calls uh Nicolas Cage's character Columbo. And it did make me think because at this point the plot had sort of started
2: to resemble a little bit. And I was like Columbo.
1: I, I kind of wish it was more like an episode of Columbo, where it is just things being pieced together. I think where it where it stumbles and doesn't recover is once it has Carla Gugino's character pretend to seduce. Uh, What's his name? Ned Campbell,
2: the the fat guy in the casino. Oh, but I, 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 it does get a bit sidetracked in a way because it becomes Nicolas Cage trying to find this missing woman. So the woman who's been shot in the arm, wearing a blonde wig, has been trying to tell the politician something. She was supposed to die. She doesn't. She she has gotten away in the crowd and the and the confusion. And so the terroristy bad guys want her, and Nick Cage wants her because she's a key witness. And so she has been changing in the bathroom, like dressing her wound and cleaning herself up and disposing of her disguise. And then she sneaks off into the casino part of the venue and it becomes, let's follow her, trying to fuck a guy to get a safe room to hide in. And then it becomes like, oh, we're in a casino now and we're spying through all the cameras. And like Nicolas Cage ends up, basically talking to the security guy to go oh look, we can look at all the casino and zoom in much much closer to people's fucking IDs to see which room they're in and things because we can't <laughs> yeah, just find out where they are by monitoring them in the lift and stuff like that
1: It goes from this this picking apart this elaborate plan to just people walking around different rooms uh, Yeah, running around loud, a casino intense music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute where did all the like Where did all the, like, Rube Goldberg absurdity go?
2: Yeah. Like, why
1: is it suddenly a very mediocre chase?
2: Abby, what did you make of them suddenly leaving the arena for this uh, floaty over the rooms in in a uh, casino part? Was this still working for you? Did you want there to be a kind of cat and mouse chase thing going on?
0: Well, you sort of knew it was going to come to that generally, but the payoff just wasn't very good. I think it would have been fine all of the stuff through the lifts if it actually escalated into something you cared about.
2: Well, like the fact that we got Nick Cage through the security team looking for her, finding her and finding out where she's going, and the bad guy, like, what is he, the Navy security guard is also after her, and they're all kind of heading lifts and corridors at the same time uh, oh no, he's in the lift with her, isn't he? And he's trying not to give away yeah, that he's following tell. them. Why, like, why didn't, why didn't he just shoot both of them and leave or something? Yeah, <laughs> I guess because he might be on camera. Oh, but then he might. Oh, whatever.
1: Yeah, but he seems to have some kind of control over the arena. Like he could get the security footage, or like I don't know. It 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 just sort of it, it veers in this odd direction where it becomes almost like um, it's like a it's you know how Mission Impossible, or the also Brian De Palma film, like the first mm. one, yeah, that's very similar in the way that it is. The like most of the film is predicated on an absurdly elaborate assassination plot, mm. but that film sticks to the complexity of that plot for almost the entire runtime. So there is always some kind of revelation. Happening. Whereas this film, I think it, it the revelation comes too early. Like the reveal of Gary Sinise being the villain, where he just walks out onto a balcony and watches some people put hats on. <laughs> right. Then it, it, and then that's it. Like there's no it's not really like a big reveal. Like he like it just sort of goes, Oh yeah,
2: he's the So he guy. that's him. And now that it's him, yeah. it's about him trying to get the last person he needs and cover up the crime. Uh, basically, tie up loose ends with like Nick, stop Nick Cage investigating so thoroughly. But I, I think
1: I, I, I think that so much of the film is him being like, oh, "I better tidy this up."
2: And it's just his—he usually kills everyone, but in this case, he's a bit like tentative. I mean, he is going to kill her, or try to, I, but it, I don't know. There's a lot of like, it's because, I and mean, it causes such a elaborate plan as well. Like one of the other flaws the guy hasn't hasn't banked on is, oh. The bit the bit where I kill the assassin and cover up that i make it out to be that he was a nut job. I'm not supposed to be on camera, but I am. I didn't expect <laughs> that. And they He's, like.
1: The, he says they weren't supposed to have cameras up there. Like, so. What's a massive did arena? Not
2: see the
1: big <laughs> um, eyeball <split> watching Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. also, like, what do you mean they did? Like, why would the military be telling arena staff not to put. Like,.
2: It? What do you? How would you have any like? Oh, a casino arena? That's not going to have any cameras anywhere to catch criminals out. What? Of course not. Yeah. Why? Like, don't be ridiculous, you idiot. Maybe pick somewhere better to do this elaborate plan. Like, it's just—it's so stupid. And I—I I don't know. I don't mind the fact that we get into this bit in the in the hotel because you know it, it. We get to do some interesting. It's like Brian De wanted to do some more interesting camera shit, and he's like, right. You, yeah. thought that, you thought that was fun. What, let's float over the hotel rooms and see what everyone's up to. There's like people passed out and parties, and the people were focusing on this fat guy and and uh, what's the character? I don't know. What's this woman like? The Julia, Julia uh, on the run from everyone has seduced this guy in back to his room and he's like oh I'm not totally up for this I'm going I'm going to lie in the bed and a really get a blow job uh, kind of way whenever,
1: whenever she sits down in front of him on the couch and he just
2: unzips his trousers oh uh, yeah. oh and she's like hang on a second it's like yeah. oh yeah like <laughs> yeah and she's and it was like oh I what kind of wanted to say to oh well, not say to her but I wanted to go just fuck him if you want to live I mean it's not, come on like you need to hide out in the room I don't know pick someone more handsome if you don't like it but like or just headbutt him, or I don't know, like.
1: I did. Um, I did like the his um his turn whenever he gets angry and he puts his wedding ring back on and yeah, like, I'm a happily married man. And then whenever he bumps into Gary, because he yeah, goes like, out the car, in oh yeah, yeah, out of his own. And then he he goes storming off and he's like, "This hotel sucks." Yeah. <laughs> Um he bumps into Gary Sinise and he tells him about Nicholas Cage barging into the room. And it, as at one point where he's coming up he's he's they're coming up to the door and he's like, I was minding my own business, writing a letter to my wife. wife. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's so funny. It's a good bit of comedy as well. 'Cause we've we've had the we we it lightens the mood a bit as well. We've had these like we've had the heel turn revelation of Nick Cage's best friend is a baddie, and then it's like, oh, we need a bit of silliness. Let's float over the rooms, see some s- silly scenes of people partying and doing stuff, and this guy being annoyed and cock blocked. But his his whole like he so he's just standing in a bar. Do you look like staff or whatever? Uh, but anyway, he's in a, in he's just in a casino. Some hot woman comes up, implies r- they're gonna fuck. She takes him up to the room. She suddenly gets cold feet, and then. As he's throwing her out, a man bursts in, throws you out, and then you go into the corridor and meet a guy in a naval uniform and assume he's security because he is. Who also
1: <laughs> pulls a gun as soon as he enters the hotel room. And yeah. The, the guy like just doesn't react as if it's like, yeah, he should shoot
2: her. Yeah, it's on a silencer. He me. Yeah. Just what an afternoon he had, and then he's murdered. <laughs> And she's, uh, like, her, like, Nick Cage basically has got there in the nick of time and they have to escape in it, that's the it. And then, th- this is so, after all this fun, like, running away through horrible, gaudy, Indian-style corridors in a casino, I kind of love the rooms oh, and the carpets casinos. and stuff. Oh. Abby, you're a big fan of gaudy horribleness, were you loving the deco here, or?
0: I was. I miss hotels that have a character. Every hotel really? I ever go to now is just its all the same sort of white or beige all the way through.
2: Yeah, I and suppose. just clinical. You want somewhere that gives you seasickness just to walk down the corridor. <laughs> yes.
1: There is, uh, if you do miss hotels with either gaudy or just strange decor, uh, I believe the hotel chain The Big Sleep is owned by John Malkovich. And yeah, okay. many of the hotels have big, giant pictures and portraits of him.
2: Awesome just inside, <laughs> just to make you feel so, comfy and cosy and at home. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so this is the so. An assassination has happened, and I don't know the protocol of shutting every single person in the arena when someone's been firing a gun. I, I feel I feel like maybe we want to let the people out, but I can understand wanting to keep them there for questioning and not let the criminal get I away.
1: Thought, so I thought, whenever the investigation was like kicking off, I thought it was going to be like a. Oh, this is like a, a a bottle episode type setup where it's all going to be taking place within this one location. Yeah. As things get like more tense, tense and, and the plot is picked apart. The storm is what's going to keep people in the arena specifically. There's a storm. Everyone's locked
2: in and being there. questioned. There's a lot of people who are scared. Yeah. yeah and there's a lot like of options. A done it type maybe of thing
1: going on, but then they just leave, <laughs> and like, that's not what happens.
2: They go out the exit where everyone could have left, presumably.
1: They like go into these weird corrugated corridors, and I'm like, where the fuck are they? It looks like you are in a blimp. There's
2: some real sus bits of the set, actually. They were like like bits that just look like the industrial zone from Crystal Maze just some well placed, oh just barrels and pallets I guess that's what's backstage just a pallet and some bins it looks and... like
1: they just wandered off the film set and continued yeah. making
2: the film oh this this bit looks good with the lighting let's film here, uh, Brian that's not the set yeah but it looks kind of filmy doesn't it <laughs> But they, 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 all of this chaos going on, and there must be like there's loads of police and FBI and they're investigating. Nick Cage no is some. No one's doing anything apart from all the people are gathered in a corridor outside the arena. They don't go back in or do anything. They're just like, oh no, I better mill around and be here. So they're there. We forget about them. The FBI are wandering around everywhere but find nobody because all of our characters run with no, no one's stopping them really. They all just know. They all they all go wherever they want, but no one else gets in their way. And then, like people, people are murdered. Like the guy murders his like co-conspirators and just I don't know wraps them up in tarp or whatever. Yeah. And then like, um, we have this moment where Nick Cage finally you know gets this woman away, and then in this endless uh, stair stairwell corridor, they have a little chat and have a little. Let's get a bit acty. You. You tell me, you tell me what what you think happened, and I'll be upset because no, it can't be my friend. This it must be something. He's like pleading with her to come up with a reason why it couldn't be his friend that is in on this massive conspiracy.
1: I I kind of enjoyed this scene just because it was
2: um, settling down and telling us something about people. I guess.
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of character after, like, and the film felt like it was losing steam, and this scene was like. I don't know how much of it was like script and how much of it was ad libbed. Like I don't know. I imagine Nicholas Cage ad libs a lot, and people have to just kind of go with whatever he's doing. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> his like his response is not necessarily real, but real in a very Nick Cage kind of way. Like he really does seem like he's in pain
2: when he he's, would. Like, you would Nick be Cage. conflicted to hear the truth of the. And I liked. Uh, yeah. I, I
1: liked him sort of. Partly tr- trying to convince her she might be wrong, and her sort of because but, she's scared, trying to play along and be like, you know what? Yeah, I, I maybe I was wrong. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe, it, maybe, maybe, yeah. Like going,
2: no, I think. No, I, I've seen a lot of damning evidence. Actually, uh, now that now that you explained to me the thing that makes no sense, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, but well, I, well, at this way. at this time, I feel like there's a whole arena full of. Sc- Like an investigation, the FBI people—no one's doing anything. We're just leaving everyone in chaos with no sense of like you know, and uh, everyone could just wander around and
1: left. They didn't seem to do anything.
2: They they corral people and they look at where like I know, but blood splats and get the forensic team in for things. But there's no sense of urgency or anything. It's just, we can fanny around in corridors. And then he, like, weirdly okay, you're a key witness, I believe you. I better lock you away at the top of the arena. It's a door I can just bolt you in. There's a storm, don't remember. Don't forget, there's a storm happening. I don't
1: know why he, put, he just puts her in a room and will be back when the film needs you again.
2: I've got to go now and go and find my friend and have him spend a long time arguing with me that I can be like, because basically when when he Nick Cage checks some footage and stuff to me in the security room, gets mm. proof that's him, and then uh, there's a yeah. long conversation uh, he, in the room well, about well, it.
1: Wait, he goes up to the security room, and we've already briefly met the security guy before because he realizes those big bl- eye blimps have been recording everything. Because it's Gotham City. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a blimp floating around. It's, it's very specifically 90s Joel Schumacher Gotham City <laughs> with all the big weird architecture and eye blimps. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he goes up to the security room and then he's like, I need to watch this tape alone.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, that's fine. You're <laughs> like, a police like, officer.
2: Like, yeah. Also, I found it really that's sus terrible. that the... What happened? They have a they have like an erase button that that the bad guy gets to use on yeah. the, just rewind this back and press the old erase button. <laughs> what? It'll take a while though. You have to what? <laughs> but
3: he's
1: both
0: playing and erasing at the same time. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not how that works. You press you know, play and
2: record and refilm
1: something else. But um I did and again, it's I think from this point the film is more it's it goes from all of this really interesting over the top complexity mm. to there just being individual scenes that are kind of fun on their own but don't fit together. It's such a strange sudden pivot into a different type of like the pacing just completely changes.
2: Yeah. Um, well, what, what actually, do, what, enjoy... what, what, one one thing that happens in this scene when Nick Cage is discovering the uh, his friend killing the other assassin is and Abby we didn't it's, it's one of your favorite tropes from wrestling it's the someone else is in the room but we then no one's aware of them until we pan to the left it happens with like kane a lot doesn't it in <laughs> interviews yeah the uh
0: tyler the boxer has been standing at the top of the stairs completely silent nobody has noticed him until it's his turn to speak
2: yeah, we just slight. Oh, the. the like, Nick Cage's. I think Nick Cage has it happen to him where we pan to the left and, oh no, his friend and the assassin is there. And they have it out for ages where it's like, come on, you're a corrupt cop. Let me pay you off with a million dollars. We're friends. Come on, it's only one assassination. You, you could be the mayor before long. And then it's another, like pan left guess who's in the room as well <laughs> it's the boxing guy and he's got like he's he's happy to go along with it well he's sort of begrudgingly like no i've got to Maybe... be in this bit again he's got nothing to do with anything now that he's done his bit but he's here Maybe because I... of you know boxing and stuff
1: I, I don't know i don't know if i'm just misremembering how cartoony the film is but in my head the reveal of him on the stairs He's still wearing his like boxers, dressing gown, and, d- gown, and boxing gloves. He definitely. Oh, no, he's
0: changed into okay. a tracksuit with trainers. But I think so he's still he's got still... A towel around his neck.
1: Yeah, so he's still dressed like a boxer in Street Fighter. Like <laughs> <racing battle laughs> on. these
2: gloves are sewn on like gorillas, gorilla plushies that are dressed like boxers. They don't have hands underneath; they're just <laughs> full of cotton. <laughs> it. Um,
1: I'm. Again, this this scene is, like, it is fun, the way Gary Sinise and Nick Cage kind of play off each other a little bit and, um, Nick Cage is, like, Nick Cage being upset in a film yeah. being really over the top is always just uh, it's freaking delightful to watch, like, he's, especially there's a couple of moments here where he's he's so close to doing the same, like, boo-hoo cry that he does in Final uh-huh. Kiss. But, um, my, the bit that stuck out for me was um, whenever he goes towards the monitor to stop him from erasing the tape um, and Gary Sinise pulls a gun on him and there's a little pause and then Nicholas Cage goes, he pulled a gun on me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they both get like genuinely like for fuck's sake, I know, just please take the money like, they're both,
2: really they're both reluctant to do, yeah. like, do the other one over which is weird because Celise has not shown any sign of remorse for anyone else he must be He's... genuinely friends with this guy
1: I mean his character is really strange because it keeps flip flopping from someone with an actual like almost like um uh, shit what's his name Um, he plays the villain in The Rock Ed Harris oh. yes Um and his like Ed one of the things that makes the rock like a a good bad film is that it hasn't genuinely interesting villain to play off all of the really over the top characters. Like he's a villain who like kind of has a point. Like you understand where he's coming from. Um he's a military guy who was betrayed and you know, he lost a bunch of his own men who he feels responsible for and he's Like he's angry and he's he's very dedicated, and they kind of do that ish. It's the same.
2: Yeah, yeah, Kevin Kevin Dunn the character is basically like not the actor. Yes, (laughs) he he this commander navy security guard guy is like, but I just I just want to protect my military friends. They got (laughs) killed because we got let down by the military. So underfunded and stuff. He's like, yeah, we get it. You're a Republican. Yeah, he know he, yeah it he was a big sob story about I had to drown my own men to save the ship because we didn't have, like, the missile defence, blah, blah. Yeah, but it's a fucking faulty one, mate. You don't want a faulty one. They'll oh, fix it before yeah. it's black. It's like, oh, fucking Crimea River. Oh, but, let's like, fund the military, shall we? Poor bastards.
1: Him in, him in that, that scene where he gives that, like, you know, essentially the, the villain origin story. You're meant to sympathise
2: and feel like, yeah. Yeah, you're
1: like, oh, yeah, he, he really, like, he got fucked and had to like basically choose to kill a group of his own men because of where that you know whatever
2: happened. They but were a band, but in they this in team. this conspiracy, right? He has to kill his own men just to get away with the crime. He Doesn't give a fuck about. It. He's like, kill you, kill you, kill you. Yes,
1: <laughs> and that's the that's what I was gonna say. Like, but uh, in other scenes of the film, he's a villain in the same way Raul Julia is in Street Fighter, where he's just he's just the bad guy because he's the bad guy. Like, the bit where he has the boxer beat the shit out of Nicholas and is, like, shouting about how his life will be ruined. It's like, well, you really, like, now you're just kind of a scenery-chewing evil guy.
2: like, this isn't... Yeah. It's like, Alan Rickman in Die Hard is like, it's about money, right? Like, fundamentally.
1: Yeah, he's a a fucking... He's a criminal. He's fully aware of how he's the bad guy and he doesn't care.
2: Like my motivation uses... is, I'm a prick. You can't be. You can't be like, yeah, let's box this guy. Like, my box my best friend to talk to. Like, what, what information are you trying to get? Like, they forced the Tyler boxer they, they guy to beat him up. And that's just literally, yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just like we get to this cartoony, boring action movie shit where it's like the I'm a bad guy now. We haven't got any of this emotional depth where we might sympathise. It's just literally, as you say, oh, now we're here. He's just a horrible git.
1: There's also there's a really weird moment where he takes the because uh, Nicolas Cage refuses refuses to tell them where that he put the woman, where he put
2: the woman. I know. Isn't <laughs> <it>? He's not <laughs> he's not the most woke director, Brian De Palma. Yeah, yeah.
1: But like, so the beating him up doesn't work. He spits on Gary Sinise's badge. Ghost knocks him out.
2: Spits blood. There's a lot of blood symbolism yeah. where there's blood on money. Will Nick Cage? He looks at the it money with them. blood on to go. Oh, will I take the blood money? <laughs> you know.
0: I love he, um, um, Nick, Nick Cage's um, unconscious acting. Ghost needs yes. picks him up by the hair and he's just spark yes. out completely. Oh, the
1: face he made was fantastic. Uh-huh. Mouth, mouth and eyes wide open, but face completely limp. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again I think Nicolas Cage in particular um he fully gets what kind of film this is <laughs> like he's yeah. really going in for a fucking penny and
2: for a pound let's entertain but, um, people is not it
1: and it's and oh, his his like his scenes uh, the, his performance here in this scene where he's been beaten up but trying to like the, the I like the boxer the boxer reluctantly being like come on just at least try and fight back. Uh, and it'll be easier to like, punch you if you try and put your fists uh, up. Yeah. I also do appreciate the grotesque makeup on Nicolas Cage after he's had the shit kicked out of him it, with all yeah. the fucking lumps on
2: his face. Also, but, it, um, but generally, the blood in this looks terrible. Nothing looks like genuine cuts or bruises. All the blood is like, like Sergio Leone red or whatever, and just. What are yeah, we doing, I feel like guys? That's a deliberate. I think no. It's melodramatic. It, 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 like, being beaten up at the end of your action movie is a thing, obviously, but it's just it. It's always crap looking in this. I feel like I never. I mean, you can, thought it was. You brought,
1: weird. A, you brought a Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Like you can do like comedy action, but still have like grisly violence, so that there are stakes. Because like Die Hard, as as much of a like action adventure movie it is the violence in it is really like gruesome and like the shit that happens to John McClane in the first one in particular is horrendous and it's not played as anything else like like fucking up his feet and getting shot in the arm and stuff like whereas in this well I guess they do do it a little bit it just it feels very out of place when suddenly you've got this like badly beaten up Nicolas Cage very slowly wandering through corridors for a long time. Um, yeah, and that noise, that, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there was one noise he made where he fell that made me laugh. He just kind of goes,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but um, it, th- this, was a, this is what I was going to refer to. There's a really weird part here that I didn't understand why it, they did it. So, after Gary Sinise knocks him out, he takes the tracking pin that was set up at the start of the film and puts it on his back. But then he tells the other guys in there, watch him, I'll be back in half an hour. And then he leaves. Nicholas Cage wakes up and walks off. And Gary Sinise uses the tracking device to follow him. So, like, why did he tell those two guys to, like... Why?
0: I, I sort of assumed it was just in case... Nick Cage could hear, because then he'd be like, he, he wouldn't I expect him to maker. put something
2: on his back. Then, Well so if he's really half conscious? He might not think that much about it, but just, just I don't know. It's certainly sus. Certainly sus. What? What? I, how do we get to the point where we're doing big action set pieces and bits of arena f- rolling about and like? I, I kind the of roll- t- I get a bit lost in the bit at the end where it's rain and cut and like. Well, you setting know, up
1: the hurricane, like. Because the, the whole time the storm has been going, I did. I will say, I watched this with headphones on, and I really liked the ambient sound of rain Don't on like on. the roof all the way through the film. I just thought that was a nice little touch to like remind mm. you of what's happening outside. But. Um, we they, the they do movie. that they do
2: that nice joke where the woman at the start of the film who was yeah. out in the in the wind reporting on the weather is the one who draw like basically everyone else in the film crew is like, "Yeah, yeah you're going to go out again and report on the yeah. the weather yeah
1: well she and she also she calls it a hurricane, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, don't call it a hurricane, it's a tropical storm." and she's like, yeah, but that's just that's basically just a hurricane uh and it's a she's tsunami to do another take. Oh yeah. She's forced yeah. to do another take where she still calls it a tropical storm. And then at the end of the film when they send her back out to report where it is now officially a hurricane, she does the well it looks like this tropical storm did eventually <laughs> it. like she gets still like be yeah. shitty about it. Yeah, that's but, good. Um yeah, it's and you can you can really tell it is being set up for the whole film for the weather to be a factor in the way the film ends. And then because they rewrote it it just
2: isn't so yeah, because what what yeah, really What, 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 yeah. what someone Like, what was the? I can never get it. Like, what what is the chain of events at the end to get to the point where guns are fired, people are arrested? It's just that
1: Nicolas Cage, having been beaten up, goes back very very slowly to where he stashed the woman, um, <laughs> and like it's just this weird long sequence of Gary Sinise like. Quietly, stu- it's like in it's like in an older Assassin's Creed game where you have to follow people and eavesdrop on them, and it was really fucking annoying because <laughs> you were so you were so busy looking for places to hide that you couldn't actually follow the conversation, so you don't know what the fucking story <laughs> is. Okay, but,
2: I feel no, like that's like, more uh, Assassin's Creed critique than what happened <laughs> in this,
1: but like it's it's. It's a, it's a tailing mission in a video game, but you're watching someone else play it, so it's even more annoying.
2: But the arena um, is also breaking up. Like, it's like spikes and shit coming through the arena. Like The arena's yeah, breaking apart.
1: Hardly anyone's reacting to
2: it. It's not like, like there's shots no crowds- of the, the crowd all scared to yeah. go out in the rain. We don't and really again, care about anyone else at this point.
1: Again, this is another thing that like the film could have done really well if it had just been contained within the arena. And as the story... Unfolds and the investigation unfolds. The storm is getting worse, and now you have all these people cramped in. Tensions are getting high. Maybe the place is starting to fucking flood or something. I get, I know that was part of the original idea. Like, there's there's so much potential there for that one contained story, but instead it's just Gary Sinise follows Nicolas Cage down a corridor and it's raining. But then, yeah. like, yeah, he reaches. It's. I don't. I don't understand exactly what happens here because. He leads him to where the girl is. Gary Sinise, like pulls a gun and says, tell her to open the door. And then Nicolas Cage goes, no. And then she has a metal pole and she's beating the like, ele- electronic panel to let her out. But it's not working. And then Nicholas Cage says, okay, I'll tell her to open the door for some reason. <laughs> uh... And then Gary Sinise shoots... The bullets go through the door. They miss her, but they hit the panel. So the door unlocks. But why was she trying to unlock the door? And the but she hurt. She hears him whenever he shouts at Nicholas Cage. So I guess that's
2: why she stops
1: trying to. Open, I don't know. Why? Do, Where's where she
2: gonna go? She goes out there and gets shot anyway. Like, what does she think?
1: Yeah, I don't know. She's trying to get out, and I think she hears him, and she stops trying to get out. But then he shoots into the room and hits the panel, and the door unlocks anyway. So and this... then Nicolas Cage, they all go in the room, and then some spikes fly in. <laughs> but then there's some police come in, and the police see the big like, globe thing that's been knocked off the roof rolling towards them. So they veer the other way. They crash into the room. Garrison, he panics and like shoots out their windshield. So they're like, holy shit, military uniform shot at us and all the news crews are there, so they all run in and they're all filming it. Yeah. And then
2: I guess he's so embarrassed that he shoots himself. <laughs> I and
3: mean,
2: he kind of wants, he wants basically Nick Cage to be like, tell them something plausible about how I'm don't a good guy. Or something.
1: Yeah, I and it's like,
2: what, what? The, all of these things come in last minute as well. It's like, what, the thing's loose, and there's, the arena's breaking, and it's raining, and the news crew, and the police is like, no, no, were they all just sort of slammed into this, into it, this scene? Like, the scene. like, having
1: any sort of, like, grievance with Gary Sinise doesn't really make any sense. Like, why are they so aggressive towards him? Like, he's in, like, there's a guy in military uniform with two civilians in a room. He has a gun out. I would assume, the police would assume, that they are, like, on the run or something. And Especially when the military guy's like, no, help. Like,
2: Maybe they don't know what to do because no one's black, like, so they don't like, instantly know do how to pick sides. Sh- <laughs> Sorry, too political.
1: Nicholas Cage is a cop, so presumably they recognise him. I don't know. It's all really convoluted and and strange. And the oh, there's so
2: something about him being a cop as well. Like we we had this shitty shirt on him, and then when he gets blood on it, and he's gonna be potentially on TV, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. He asks for a plate, like he get get me a like tiny shirt. Like, oh, can we not keep the blood stained, horrible shirt the whole film? <laughs> With, yeah. Abby, did you understand any of this? Because obviously, I mean, I can't fucking, I can't, I, I don't know why they threw so much shit at the wall here to see, make it dramatic. But it didn't work. But did you? Are we missing key things? Are there anything about the finale that you liked, or did, you know, does it make more sense to you, or anything? Well,
0: it's just. It was... I don't quite know how to explain it. If you're not going to do the original ending, then you don't only need to take out the ending, you need to take out all the feeds to the ending as well. Yeah. So there's so much extra stuff in there because they were supposed to be relevant, but then they very suddenly weren't. So it's just... That's more responsible for the fact than anything else, I think.
2: Yeah, it's like they haven't corrected it enough or they it isn't like
1: Well it's also like no what like Barry's like him killing himself is like I understand what they're trying to do with that. Like the idea is he's he's on camera, like he's ruined. Yeah. everything's flushed down the toilet and his only option left is to just end it. Oh. Except it's not like, he hasn't been exposed
2: at this point. The, and also, the, the, you know, there's a lot of evidence to potentially get him, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Also, he still has a gun. Yeah. and a, is The cops are armed, right? The guns have turned up in the vehicle. Yeah. But he could shoot his way out of this if he wanted to really be desperate, you know? Just, just fucking run away! You know, the, or
1: also the the way him shooting himself in the chest is framed is very <laughs> odd, very odd and slightly comical. Like he yeah, tur- turns and looks at the camera, and then like his back explodes.
2: It's very <laughs> weird. The classic turn away, shoot yourself vaguely in the chest. There we I, go. They shoot himself
0: in the chest. I don't know. They couldn't afford the effects for in their head.
2: Yeah, Uh-oh. the the budget only goes so far. Just.
1: It's very odd the way it, and this is okay. So this is what I was saying at the start. Whenever I was like complaining a bit about this, like coda at the, at the end, end where it goes over the rise and fall of Nicolas Cage's character as like a hero who then, for which you know Gary Sinise does say like, yeah, you you'll be the hero briefly, but then all this shit about you will come out. Which, fair enough. And I do, it, you know, that is what exactly what would happen rightfully too because he's still a shit yeah but um the problem i have with that and with this ending is that both of them suddenly cover a lot very very quickly and it's like well you could have used all of that extra time to make the ending make more sense
2: so you mean the fact that we see a little clip of Nicholas Cages, after he was famous yeah. for this uh this debacle, and he was sort of the guy responsible for getting the criminal who did all this shit. And then he gets some success, but he also shits a lot of money. Like he becomes corrupt. He's got like a sports car. Well,
1: he's already corrupt. No, he's but he he, he, now that
2: he's got more power and more, he's able to head more up the higher, higher up. Like he gets, he basically is just, and he got a big certificate saying "good job," and he got to wear a massive cop hat. And I
1: will say. Nicolas Cage in a full cop uniform is an incredibly silly image. <laughs> it,
2: just, it, it, did, it just looked odd. I don't know. I don't know why, but it just looked absurd. But it is just like, oh, but he was just shit. He was still shit. So he basically was corrupted. I don't know. He sort of had loads of accusations and has been investigated and it was going badly. leaves him at and- yeah. yeah, and then it's like Pupped it all up the wall. Pupped it all up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and then we get the last bit is he's down by? The, he's out on bail, is he? Between like yeah. going to court,
1: he's gonna to have to serve time. But it's a, like eighteen.
2: Eight, is it like something like eight, it's like a year and a bit, right? He's gonna be in jail. Yeah,
1: it's it's a typical uh, sentence for you know someone of his background and position. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, not that it. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: He's contemplating this outside on the boardwalk, in, in uh, outside the I guess the venue, right? Yeah, where it's being repaired, yeah. and then she comes up, and it's been presumably months, right, or nearly a year, or I don't know, yeah, like she, a long time. She's,
1: I guess been doing like tribunals and presumably on like televised
2: <laughs> hearings and stuff. I would yeah. imagine the whole thing, you know. And then they get together, and it's like, hey, buddy, what? hey, don't worry, yeah. we're we're friends, right? It's like, when did we establish that? You you were. Terrorized by him in a way, like he saved you, but in a really awful way.
1: Yeah, he bullied you a bit, and then he put you in a room.
2: <laughs> like you really didn't get to know each other. I know you're attractive, and one of the females in a, in a movie, but um, why are we talking as if like we're old pals from back in the day? And they will they won't they? And maybe I'll call yeah, you sometime like after you're out of the, prison.
1: Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets stranded in a cabin with Mr. Burns? Um. I feel like what I think Homer says at the end of that episode whenever they get out I it and it's more realistic than what usually happens in films or fiction is right. he says whenever you've been through that with whenever you've been through something like that with someone you never want to see that person again <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: yeah.
2: yeah Yeah you this isn't the, yeah the, I don't know why and it is just like yeah and it's like okay so we've shown this cop he was a sleazy cop corrupt loud mouth you know a big obnoxious uh guy he did the right thing eventually after it took him he pers- it took him a long time to persuade himself not to be a prick about it and he was really like oh can't we just undo this can i just he was basically pleading at times like oh you've ruined my life by letting me know about all this can't you have- yeah. ignorance was what i wanted and he's like, he's basically like oh, at least i got to be on tv and it's like so he's been a prick the whole time and then to have him fuck up His political career and go to jail, it's like, yeah, what a dickhead. He was a hero and he ruined it still because that's who he was. And then to go, and then after he's out of jail, he might live happily ever after. It's like, no, he won't. This woman who shouldn't be with him, like, we get another, we should get another bit on the end where, and then he tried to make a go of this relationship with this woman, the scientist, research, military woman, whatever. But he fucked it, he cheated on her and like, yeah, of course he, did. Yeah. he spent a lot of money that he should have on their wedding on a car and he fucked a prostitute and got the clap and he gave it to her and like his son saw them having sex and he traumatised the son and he just fucking continued to yeah. fuck up his life until he was the bad lieutenant. Like there's no oh, way God,
1: got
2: a baby. It felt like it right Abby? Like you were saying, <laughs> you said you'd confuse it at the start but actually this could fit in canon wise, couldn't it? It does, it does kind of
1: make sense if you put it a few years after uh, Snake Eyes that it's it's just... It just he moved, moves, to, he moved New to New Orleans, Orleans. yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. yeah
1: like I think, no, that, and that's the issue I have, is like there's a good 10 minutes there that could have been used to make the ending more satisfying, especially because the ending was rewritten in the first place, but it still feels like it was rewritten in a way that's really rushed and just like really quickly ties up the actual plot and then the fact that it wastes this additional time on something that could even, almost be a half if not a whole film in and of itself it, it, it is just crammed in here for the sake of like I don't know it's, it's very weird it's very very strange that they took the original ending out which sounded fine I mean I still think the film goes in the wrong direction
2: anyway it would still be a little it, bit silly definitely
1: yeah, but it's the, at least having, you know, the storm pay off in some way that isn't just sort of background noise. It's very, it's odd. I can't. I don't understand the, what the the logic behind the way it ends was because it just doesn't fit. Because like, especially the first chunk of the film and all the setup and all the like like stylistic choices. Um, like visually yeah. as well as the way the story's playing out, it's all very, very uh filmic. Like it's very it's a very movie movie. Right, it
2: could have been like a Hitchcock movie or something where yeah. everything sort of pays off and you go, Oh, very satisfying. But oh that's very clever. It
1: turns it just sort of falls over and it it, it is. It's like when Nicolas Cage falls over after he have been beaten up and falls over the finish line, like doesn't it? it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I I don't know, and why why is it even called Snake Eyes? It's not that, that metaphor. They say, it. they say it twice, yeah. <laughs> but it's like Snake Eyes is when the you roll in craps or whatever, uh, and you get Snake Eyes. The house wins. Nobody can bet. Like nobody's bet will pay off. The I'm, house I gets the money. It, I, I think know, that's the no what, idea. No, but I think that, I don't know if they partly say it in this, but basically Snake Eyes is nobody wins, and yeah, yeah nobody wins is sort of what happens, but. The the bad guys lost and you've won like you do, and also the house wins is like the casino gets the money. It's like in the end, the corruption will win. Do you know, like the the house winning is not this person or that I person won. Of, in the end, the government will always be this way, or like the the corporations will always be the ones who win. Like it doesn't have that kind of I metaphor going the, on.
1: Part of the problem with the title is also part of the problem with the film itself. Is that like it's it's just kind of been shoved in there, whereas like the gambling aspect isn't ever really part of
2: the actual like it features the, the slightly. It's aspect. incidental, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, but it's not like it's not
2: like also you don't you don't bet do... on boxing with dice. <laughs> like it's not you can't <laughs> you can't mix the two. If
1: you're going to do that, they should like you would give Nicolas Cage's character a gambling problem. And have that factor into like you could have it all set in, in the arena like we were talking about, and have it all be in this like bottle episode type setup yeah. where the like the events are being played out from different a- angles all the time, know, like a yeah. like a it mystery. Maybe and at the same maybe time, you could have Nicholas Cage's character like making bets on who
2: he thinks did it with
1: like, maybe characters in this scenario to, I don't I don't
2: the I don't know this doesn't fix anything I mean you could just equally go I'll just call it I don't know knockout blow it's about a boxing match where <laughs> someone also is assassinated and it's fucking you know what I mean? like you could call it anything really the problem is in the structure yeah. at the end falls apart and what's kind of a fun over the top elaborate noir turns into a like fumbled action movie where we don't know what we're meant to think about anything I don't know. For me, it, I I like half of it. I liked 50% yeah. of everything was fine, the other 50% had problems, and some bits can be fixed, and other bits are just a question of taste. I don't know. It's I just would, not quite right, I is it? I will
1: say as well, like, having someone like, having not Nicolas Cage in the lead, I think would hurt it more too. Like, yeah. I do think he, he helps energy up
2: in... Especially as the film starts to sag, he is an asset to this. He's not uh, one of the things that makes it suck. You it, do it's a, it's enjoyable. Nick Cage as well. Like it's, he's loud and brash, and you know he, he he's not full he's not full blown mad all the time. But uh, his melodrama works for this type of film. I don't I don't hate it altogether. That's what the film requires. That's what the film needs
1: ultimately and should be more of is that. Do you know what it's it's. A better version of this type of story um, is, Knives uh, Out. like,
2: Oh like uh, a, a big who done it, loud characters, history, and then having it,
1: yeah, twists and turns, mostly based on like dialogue and character work with like little bits of action to like keep things moving.
2: Yeah, I no, can, that's, uh, like, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Knives that, Out, Knives Out does uh, a more successful job of that kind of different perspectives. Who's done it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah,
1: it, it, it's a t- tighter story, even though it's a longer film.
2: Like, and uh, you know the film title makes sense in relation to what's happening.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, um, you know it's a weird noir mess. What did you think, Abby? Was it redeemable or not?
0: That's think it needed was some minor script revision or if it was too late for that some re-editing would have done it. There was no reason for us to keep cutting back to that ball <laughs> when it was basically irrelevant.
2: Yeah. like it, it was potential for this big ball that had fallen. We didn't even see, uh, what, I didn't pay that much attention to what bit of the building it was on but a big bit of the uh, venue rolling about like it's going to crush the news reporters like it's Indiana Jones or something. It didn't really factor in that much. I, I the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh yeah, there was something with a big ball rolling about in the weather. No, it was more about the cops in a van and <laughs> I just it's so muddled the ending. I just it sort of isn't visually striking enough, is it, for what we've seen yeah, in the leader. It's
1: it's it's weird because of how elaborate and stylish the first like chunk of the film is for it to like Fall
2: apart so severely is really strange. Yeah. So, mean you think a lot of good, but it obviously needed to have a lot fixed for it to work. But
0: it's a fixable thing. Is well,
2: it? We can't fix it. now, it's done, dusted. Right. Unless, <laughs> yeah. unless, um, like no, we we, we live actually, we are know. we are living in an age where directors get to go back and like Jack, Zack Snyder can do can do a four hour cut <laughs> of Snake Eyes and show us how Brian De Palma yeah. would have really wanted it.
1: Four hour black and
2: white slow motion version. Yeah. uh, Take all the jokes out where Nicolas Cage is wacky and make it boring. Please.
1: Also
2: cast Jared Leto as the Joker in there somewhere. Yeah, we need to have Flash. Jared Leto as the Joker meets Nicolas Cage when he's uh, out of prison and they become like bad guys in another film. Sorry, Abby. It could be fixed, but it isn't fixed.
0: That's what deeply frustrates me about it. It's like this isn't. It's this so didn't broke. need to come out broken. No. Yeah. This was a fixable thing before they released the film.
2: Maybe. Just didn't. It just didn't quite. It Maybe. just doesn't Actually, work. if
1: anything, they broke it a little bit before they released it because we did the ending. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, yeah close but no cigar. Um, we've come up. So we've come up. Snake eyes is the the, the oh. metaphor there. Oh. Um, <sighs> thanks. Oh, shit. It hasn't put me off Cage. It hasn't put me off the Uh but it, perhaps it should have. <laughs> perhaps <laughs> <laughs> There's some clues that both of them are uh, responsible for, s- for some real oh, movies. But uh, um, they, for all the good, for all the bad bits, there's plenty of good bits. That's the case with both of them, I think. Uh, I would say anyway. watch it if you're a Nicholas Cage,
1: particularly big Nicholas Cage fan. <laughs> it's probably worth watching.
2: It's a fun one to watch if you like what, you know, want to know how to film in big arenas and make it fun and dynamic if a little uh, you know. Just
1: uh, be ready to do some some scrolling on your phone towards the
2: end as you start to tune
1: out because it gets really dull.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're in an age now where people are used to just Ah, I'll I'll pick I'll cherry pick the bits I like and just uh, take an interest in my social media when I'm bored and back. We can't really fo- we can't really criticise a film if you haven't watched it properly, but I uh, you know whatever.
0: This has never stopped us before.
2: It's true.
1: <laughs> I put your fucking phone down when you're watching a film, at least for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing.
0: I'm so glad there's another person left in the world who actually watches a film when it's oh. on.
2: How can I put my phone down if I'm watching the film on my phone, guys? Oh can my
1: I... god! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get David Lynch on you and beat you up. Ah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't you know. Just, you say that like that wouldn't be like the best weirdest day.
0: David just shows up presumably at our house and just beating
1: Rich. Just hit, hit you rich with a tool. At each he... other, going, "Is this happening? Is this real? Is that David <laughs> Lynch? I thought you beat were taller. you up with some weird homemade tool he made in his wood in his wood shop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look, I'm sorry if the odd film hasn't got my full respect because I didn't watch it in IMAX only when it was on celluloid and I didn't fucking watch it eating popcorn with fucking full attention. Like, I, you know... Actually,
1: no, never mind. You're you're right, because it pisses Christopher Nolan off. I'm going to go and watch Inception on a Game Boy Color.
2: (laughs) I only watch Christopher Nolan films through... The back window of a car with someone who's got like a pimped-out headrest (laughs) (laughs) with a TV play. I only exclusively watch them over the shoulder of someone else in someone else's property, (laughs) like sort of a yeah. yeah, I get it. Interstellar, time, something, space. Who cares? Blah blah. (laughs) Oh, isn't uh, isn't time travel mad? Crazy. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, we've had a little look at snake guys. We chatted about it. Maybe there was some stuff we missed. Maybe there's some uh bits we didn't and should have. But uh we talked about it and I feel like we're done. So time to say goodbye. It sounded like you were throwing the listener out of the
0: house. You're like I feel like we're done.
2: You I feel know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm going to lock you here till next time. And I'm going to go off and do some stuff and then Beaten and... up. Yeah. <laughs> Come to. Yeah. No, I don't know. We are off, though. (laughs) Toodlepipes.